Hey guys, it's Matt. On today's podcast, we talk with Phil Sponsor from Orbitform. He and his team have done amazing things in regards to business culture, continuous improvement, and organizational health. I think it's important that you not only invest in technology, but the people. And that's what they did. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Hey guys, thank you for joining Manufacturing Unscripted. I'm your host, Matt Rawl. Uh, today we're going to change it up a little bit. Uh, we've been talking about the technology that's going to be uh, moving manufacturing forward, but I want to talk about the people that are moving manufacturing forward. And and with us today, we are joined with Phil Sponsler, president of Orbitform. How are you doing, Phil? I'm doing great. It's going to be a fun uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for, for joining us. Um, uh, I've heard a lot about you um, through uh, our president, Glenn Nosley, um, and so really excited to get this conversation going. Um, as I do with all first-time guests, I, I typically like a, a short version of, of kind of where you got your start in manufacturing and how you got here today. So if, if you don't mind to uh, share a little bit with us. Sure. The uh, bridge version is, is that uh, I got my engineering degree from Michigan State and had a 14 or 15 year run with Aeroquip that's now Eaton and was able to go uh, and be in manufacturing after the uh, engineering or the development engineering stuff and um, got exposed to a lot of lean manufacturing in that process. And then I left for a while to try to buy my own company and uh, that didn't work out after several tries. And so Mike Shirky, the visionary of uh, and creator of Orbit Farm, was interviewing me to be uh, on uh, the board of directors at the local hospital and decided that he wanted to hire me at that time. So started off general manager and um, six or seven years later was uh, made president and uh, as he went off into political office. So uh, we've done an awful lot of things at mm-hmm. Orbit Farm with uh, Mike being the visionary and me being the integrator. Great, great. No, that's that's awesome. And then, and one of those things that um, I've heard a lot about you is is you're very, very much in tune with the people and the culture and it's it's very important for you um, and, and I think that's great, especially coming from someone at the top that, you know, you're, one of your passions is, is making sure the culture of the company and things are great like that. And so one of the questions um, I kind of want to talk to you about is, is, you know, can you describe Orbitform's culture and, and like how you were able to develop it into what it is today? Yeah, I think there's uh, intuitive leadership uh, that cares about people. And I think that... Uh, Orbitform is steeped with that, especially starting off with um, Mike Shirky and the tone that he set in the organization, and I think that's why we clicked so well. Um, I think if I had to sum up uh, the leadership style would be uh, summed up in a book by uh, Mark Dietering out of Minnesota, um, and it's called Leading Jesus' Way. So, you know, he's one of the greatest leaders there's ever was and the uh, example of it. And so that kind of coupled with um, Patrick Lencioni's um, uh, books, he's written a ton of them, but, you know, things like dis- The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, uh, The Ideal Team Player, um, and things on that order. And then if you talk about... Um, uh, Mark or um, Bob Berg's uh, uh, The Go-Giver mm-hmm. that, uh, 
you know, giving without expectation of receiving something. You know, when you talk about culture at uh, Orbit Forum, we look at three things. One is is that uh, we want to make, and everybody wants this, uh, no matter what, across any type of business. Uh, employees, uh, team members want to know that they're safe and secure. They want to know that they're appreciated. And they want to know that they have a future. Mm -hmm. And so we think that we hit every one of those uh, items. In fact, it's in our purpose um, for Orbit Form. But the idea, the last one, that people have a future. And so we've gone and created our own um, career growth plans for each individual at Orbit Form. And uh, that was a later on addition, you know, when we discovered we kind of did it, and then we discovered that that was one of the three tenants to do that. So our employees are highly appreciated, mm -hmm. and um, they feel like they have a career as opposed to just a job at Orbit Forum. It's, um, we have a no jerks allowed rule, mm -hmm. which um, somebody that's a jerk or you know not a nice person or whatever doesn't last very long at Orbit Forum. And we make sure that, um, you know, there's a, uh, we just have, you know, we just want to be treat everybody the way we want to be treated, and that's uh, served us well. No, yeah, and I I think that's that's amazing. Um, you know, we've you know, and I've worked with people that um, the the career growth, you know, especially um, you know, promise we have a lot of younger generation now, and and I think that's important for them is is you know we have higher level people that have been here from day one and. And they're they're very very well um, embedded into the, the company, and you have a lot of new people that you know. I, I want to get to that spot. You know, how do I do that? And mm. and I think it's I think it's very important um, to kind of highlight that career growth. Um, can you speak a little bit to like kind of how that is? Because I mean, um, I, I'm sure you kind of tuned it for Orbit Form a little bit, right? Yeah, but anybody could use this tool. Um, it's a, we call it the Intentional Career Growth uh, Spider Graph, so the ICG-SG. And um, what it does is it has, uh, it's a radar graph, uh, Excel radar graph that has, uh, you know, anywhere from six to ten elements associated with it. So let's just say somebody that's in the machine build department or area that, uh, you know, we want them to know our purpose, mission, and vision and values. Uh, we want them to know how to panel build and, and uh, you know, wire a machine and, and that and also some mechanical work that's associated with it. But then they get to take a couple of the elements and have them personalized, which, you know, this might sound strange, but... Uh, uh, people are choosing that they want to uh, grow their personal financial knowledge mm -hmm. for their personal. They want to know how to uh, be on a health process or a weight loss program or mm -hmm. something on that order. And they put that into the into the tool or into the process. And then we meet about every 120, um, 150 days where we go over. And here's the thing is, is that we have a great team there's nobody on the team that we wouldn't want, so we really don't do performance reviews. Um, we figure that if you're here and you're working and that sort of stuff, that that's the performance review. Uh, this has taken that place of that. And so when uh, we get together, you know, people can go as fast or as slow as they want 
on their career because it's their career. Right. Now, we know that if people are working on enhancing their careers and making them stronger, more knowledgeable, the onus on senior leadership is is that we have to grow and create opportunities so mm-hmm. people that are hitting it out of the out of the uh, out of the park that they got some place to go or that they can be challenged with a new uh, position or something on that order or um, you know if somebody you know they have a lot of life things going on and they can't work on their career and their stuff and so um, it can go as slow as they want it to be it's like we said it's their career it's like zero pressure yep. I can tell you that we had one individual 45 years old was at Orbit Forum for two or three years, um, and we rolled this out and started to work on it, and he came up to me and started to describe it, and he had tears in his eyes, and he says, uh, nobody in all my places that I've worked ever cared about my career. And so we knew that we hit the right tone, um, and it seems like uh, we have a, a process that, I've really, we really haven't seen this at other places, and it's so, so, so fundamentally simple. Um, and but it's steeped in sincerity and in uh, you know the credibility of the leadership of the place that this is real and not just a you know a thing that we're checking off boxes or things on that order. So uh, everybody gets a pretty, uh, pretty heavy dose of career counseling in the process. No, no, I, I love it. I mean, I, I think it's a it's a great idea, um, an idea that, you know, I might even use myself. Um, it's, I, I think that's fantastic. Um, and saying that, and you mentioned a couple of times, um, you know, I did a little digging, just kind of prep for this. And, and one question that I saw a lot was, is, is the business culture different from the mission, the vision, and the goal to you? Well, I... I'll I'll go to the purpose yep. of Orbit Form, and it hits the continuous improvement, and then it hits the security. Mm-hmm. So you know we want to be ever increasing uh, in our um, performance and our security for our employees, investor, and customer. So when you think about that, and if you live that purpose, then you start to uh, coupled with your values. You start washing um, major decisions across uh, those two things. So you sit there and you go, um, is this going to make us stronger and more secure? Um, Is this going to uh, grow the business and grow our team? And Mm -hmm. and, and it just has that filter that is as opposed to just having something up on a wall or tucked away in a book – I strongly feel uh, that we're living it. And we do make uh, uh, hiring and uh, um, terminations, if there are any, mm-hmm. and um, promotions based on our values and our um, uh, uh, purpose. We do have, everybody has been reviewed uh, through the EOS uh, People Analyzer. You know, do they follow the values? Do they get it, want it, and are they capable? And um, when we first did that check, we saw that uh, the current team that was here then, you know, was 90, 95% of them uh, were following the values and that they uh, got it, wanted it, and were capable. I think we had 12 um, 
in the get it want it capable uh, checkbox that we saw that were neutral or negative, and then we went to work on those. Um, do you think it's difficult for a company to change its culture if, if they want if they see rooms for an improvement? Yeah. Do I think that there? It's hard. It's hard. It's discipline and it's um, consistency. Mm-hmm. So it starts off with a sincere, sincere um, desire to do it mm-hmm. and value it. That's the first thing. You have to have ownership that uh, you know is aligned with that, um, and we do have that at Orbit Farm. Do I think that? You know, in the most stressful times, do you adhere to your purpose and your values? And, um, you know, I can think of uh, coming out of 2009, 2010 when we had that recession and we had the, uh, I pretty much most of my career has been on the uh, operations and continuous improvement Mm -hmm. and uh, engineering side of the business. And I didn't know sales and marketing, but I went on a a moment where, when uh, in Gone with the Wind and and, uh, the main character has the red Georgia dirt in her hand and she says, as God is my witness, I'm never going to be hungry again. Um, I had that pinnacle moment with um, as God is my witness, we're not going to uh, suffer like this again. Mm -hmm. And so went on a rampage to uh, determine how to – have a driven sales and marketing mm-hmm. organization, and and uh, I can sum it up with uh, in 2011 we had 300 face-to-face contacts, and we sh- had a paradigm shift, created a programmed our own CRM, which made us highly efficient mm-hmm. at uh, hunting, and we 2016 we went to 4,000 uh, wow. face-to-face engagements. So. Those are the, and it all was steeped with, uh, the foundation of it was is that it was very insecure at uh, 2009, 2010, and so we looked to change that mainly for security. No, that's great. And, and, and kind of to add on that, and we've, we've, we've touched it a couple times, you've said it a couple times, and that's continuous improvement. You know, um, you know, what does that mean to you? Um, like you said, you've been on the operations side, but now in your role, you're, you're company-wide. So how have you been able to take some of that and apply it to the new areas that you were unfamiliar with? And, you know, what are you guys doing um, at Orbiform? We've always had a level of what can we do better. And so when we came, when I came to Orbiform in uh, 2000, uh, we started to, there was always already continuous improvement underway, but we really put it on steroids. And what we found was as we improved, um, we were freeing up human capital, human mm-hmm. resources. And uh, the owner of the business, Mike Shirky, said that uh, we will not lay off, and I totally agreed with it, that uh, we will not lay anybody off because we made a, con- a continuous improvement or improvement to a process and stuff. So there's only a few things you can do. Um, and we chose to do uh, invest in the business, so we used to only do 50% of our machining, and now we do uh, the components that go into our equipment, and now we do uh, 95%. We used to do zero fabrications, yeah. uh, weldments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing 95%. Because um, each time 
we did some major improvements and that sort of stuff, we started to look at what what more could we do. So we insourced, mm-hmm. and then uh, we started to look at uh, suppliers that you know were leveraging us and um, not delivering or raising the cost, extending the mm-hmm. lead times, and doing stuff like that. And we said, why can't we do it? And you know, there's a prime example of a fiberglass guard that we had to buy, you know, a gazillion of them, and you know long lead times and stuff on that order mm-hmm. and so we changed that over to a fabrication and now we have build all all that value is added on our square foot mm-hmm. and you know just like with castings and it's this isn't anything against castings but we created the kill the castings mission which you know castings have voids they have tool draft and um, mm-hmm. they have hard spots you got to pay for the shipment. You got to buy a bunch of them. You got to store them. All that sort of stuff. So, we used to have nine thousand square feet of uh, casting area storage yep. for our castings. Now we have less than several hundred square feet, and we're either fabricating or hogging uh, the f- castings. The raining, raining castings that we have um, are ones that you know just don't make sense to uh, resource that yep. way. So all that work. Where we used to buy a casting, now all that work is done by our folks. Yep. And so we're, we uh, we um, are extremely loyal to um, the work that our folks are doing. So when you you say bring in, and I <clears throat> I don't want to anyone to kind of uh, underemphasize how difficult it is to go from fifty percent or from zero percent fabrication to ninety five. How how difficult was that process? Because I mean, you're talking, it's not it's machines, it's resources, it's it could be training. I mean, it's you, you have a entirely new part of your logistics team has to do things that they've you know plating all that stuff. How how difficult was that process? Well, we it starts with a strong desire to make it happen. Yeah. So and that goes back to our purpose. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up. Um, uh, uh, having some uh, fabricating, a bender and mm-hmm. a laser uh, cutter. And so we um, started to figure out what we could do. We've since, uh, we just in the last 12 months bought um, a 4KVA uh, Trump um, laser cutter. Mm-hmm. We can cut up to an inch and um, in 5 by 10 sheets. And then we just bought our Trump um break or CNC bender that is uh, talking to our laser and stuff like that. So we just went um, to a whole new level. But it started with that small investment of uh, to sit there and say, hey, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, we had the team members that could do it. And uh, that, you know, it was just a perfect marriage. And uh, in the machining side, um we invested in our in our machining shop. Yep. Uh, so we have uh, we produce about eighty to ninety thousand parts a year, mm-hmm. uh, typically in lots of three pieces or less, eighty mm-hmm. percent uh, um, of that. And so we're our machine shop is um, you know made up of skilled individuals yeah. uh, for the most part. We have very very few tenders, and um, so. Um, we're changing over all the time. Um, we have great leadership uh, in the plant and uh, both in machine build and in the uh, machining area and the fabrication area. And then we got a great plant manager too. 
Great. No, that's that's great. And then um, kind of just the last thing on continuous improvement. Um, one thing that I noticed in, in a lot of what what I read was is there's there's no real, real clear you know sign for for where or or when to apply that that strategy. You know, in your opinion and in your experience, kind of going through it all. What would you say in regards to someone saying, you know, how do I know or where do I know to apply continuous improvement? That is a great question. <laughs> so when I was with AeroQuip, I was kind of a turnaround guy that had to turn places around and then, you know, out of the ashes of all that, build a team. There's a lot of uh, people that can just, you know, they know how to do the first part of it. They have no clue how to do the second part. So that is, you know, typically when an organization isn't doing well or they know they can be better is um, there's some real fundamental things to look at. How much inventory are you carrying? Why are you carrying that inventory? Um, What is your on-time delivery? Why aren't you delivering on time? What are the things that are preventing you from doing that? A big thing too from the financial side is um, how much is how much are your cogs, how much mm-hmm. um, you know, how much is uh, made up of material and converting it to uh, to the selling price, and you can sit there and say um, you know it's X Y Z number. Uh, Ten years later, we want it to be half as much, mm-hmm. and even with price increases and things on that order. So. Um, those are those are some early indicators of where to go. And then the other thing too is is that you have to have leadership that's connected with the workforce and mm-hmm. that cares and loves the you know, and I know that's a, a hard word in manufacturing, but uh, it's easy to say that we love our employees at Orbiform and that we mean it. So when people feel secure and they wanna they they know that they got a future in this or stuff. They bring their best game to work. And so when you go to a place and you can tell that the culture's not right and you can tell that, you know, people are ornery or then you know that there's, hey, let's build a team here. And that's probably foundational mm-hmm. to do it. And so um, the, if I was talking to a business leader, those would be the things that I'd want to see. You're on time, your level of inventory, and, um, you know, everybody wants to talk about turns and that sort of stuff. I just sit there and say, well, I want to go out and see it and mm-hmm. uh, how it's being stored, how it's being organized, how accurate is it. And then um, the other thing is is your COGS. Yep. And uh, so those are big indi- indicators. And then, obviously, attitude. Uh, there's um, – you can um, – you can rank attitude. So um, there's some really good companies that, uh, not that we did this, but there's some good companies that have employee surveys that can help help you understand where you're at. Yep. And um, and, and that's great. And, and it kind of leads into the, the final thing we wanted to talk about today, and that's organizational health. And, 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 what, and so first off, what does that mean to you? Exactly. Well, I, I honestly feel that intuitively um, the senior leadership and myself in that um, practice strong organizational health. And then I read Patrick Glancioni's book, uh, <laughs> you know, Organizational Health, that was uh, 
And, oh, my gosh, it just spells it out to a T, and you can actually grade your organization. He has a test in there uh, that we're, you know, after a year now that we've been looking at it, um, we're going to we're gonna grade ourselves, actually six months. But it was so many things that we're, we were already doing that, uh, you know, we get it and understand it. But I think that for we're, – we're – Orbit Forum, along with an investor group in that, look at acquisitions. Mm-hmm. And we look at um, – and that is one of the due diligence items that we use um, to be able to go in and analyze and see what type of team is there. And that's um, – and our acquisition strategy is all about uh, creating more, um, you know, more returns and uh, more security for the Orbit Form team and the entity. We have two sister companies that we bought, um, and those are, we're applying everything we learned over the years at Orbit Form on these new entities and um, with pretty good success. That's great. Um, and, you know, and, and, and I think that's important because, like you said, I think as we've talked and I've talked in these past podcasts, you know, technology is definitely a tool to help companies move forward, but but people and the culture, like like you said, are are what makes the company. You know, and and I think it's important for the leadership to kind of understand that you know you can fill a room with a bunch of technology, but it doesn't mean it's going to be any useful if you don't have people that are there to work for you. Yeah, just think about what's going on right now and. All those companies that didn't invest in their people and didn't invest in their culture, now they're suffering, and the only string they have to pull, the only thing they can offer is, you know, skyrocketing wages. Mm -hmm. And um, that only lasts for so long for people. And um, if you have a dysfunctional workplace and stuff and so we've had a lot of stickiness mm-hmm. with people at orbit farm because it's um you know it's not uh you know a pollyanna type world or anything or kumbaya or anything by that stretch of the imagination but there's a level of uh, respect and stickiness that you know the employees have for orbit farm and so i guess the thing is is that um those companies that haven't figured it out, you know, are struggling and they're going to struggle more. And so, um, you know, we've had people that have left Orbit Forum and come back Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they, they tell their story of what they saw on the other side of the fence. And, you know, typically people that leave Orbit Forum, we welcome them back with open arms um, because that's the type of team that we have. You know, when you talk about organizational health, I just wanted to get this out, man, was that, um, you know, how many times have you been in a meeting and, you know, you see uh, your fellow compadres, uh, peers, uh, you know, on a phone or they take a call or, you know, they're on their computer or anything like that. Unbelievable um, disrespect for the team that's in the room. And so we just don't have that. Mm-hmm. Or everybody's engaged, um, you know, that we're highly respectful. And, you know, that's just like one thing out of a thousand things mm-hmm. that talk about dysfunctional teams and then also um, – 
you know, the organizational health? Can you be honest and, you know, at a meeting and say things without, you know, feeling like you're going to get attacked? And, and um, because, you know, in a world of uh, heavy-duty competition, you have to have the best performing team that you possibly can have. And um, everybody's got to care about each other. I'll take a team of uh, B players against a whole bunch of superstar A players any day, mm-hmm. any day, because, uh, you know, the B players can be more of a team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a lot of A and B players at Orbit Form. Yeah, I know, and, and, and I, I totally agree. Um, you know, uh, a team that works together is, is way stronger than an individual. You know, and that's that's great. And and I, I think what Orb Reform is doing, it, it sounds it sounds great. I mean, I think I think you guys are a uh, exemplary company in terms of of making sure that the people are comfortable and the people are happy. Because, like I said, it's it's important for the the company's growth. And as you mentioned, that you guys are in more acquisitions and stuff like that. That you know, when you do acquire someone new or something like that, they see what you've done with everyone else. And it's, it, it probably, in most cases, like you said, with the one gentleman, something completely new to them. And it's a great way, it's a great icebreaker, you know, and, and who doesn't like to, you know, feel welcome and, 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 and get, you know, that type of treatment, you know, at the workplace, you know, yeah. to make them feel more than just another person on the floor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, um, you know, we're a highly technical company. Mm-hmm. Um, we make some awesome machines uh, for people, assembly equipment for people to put that put stuff together. Um, we're innovative. We've uh, created new product lines that have added million dollars, uh, mm-hmm. millions of dollars of revenue to the place, and you know we've. Uh, We've created a sales machine on the head end of the business that um, is just just that. It's a machine. You know, I would challenge any uh, business owner to investigate Justin Roth Marsh's book, The Machine, which is uh, breaks down the uh, sales into a um, uh, breaks it down into a level where you have your sales folks that they're selling as opposed mm. to all the others. So there's a division of labor. And then uh, follow Jeb Blunt, uh, fanatical prospecting mm-hmm. is off the charts. We actually brought in a sales coach, uh, Colleen Francis, because uh, we knew we started off the, you know, back in 2010 and 11, we started off on a Phil Sponsor scale of uh, 1 to 10. Mm-hmm. And we probably were in the two to three range, and we moved it with all that we did um, up till 17, 18. We moved it to um, probably a 7.25, mm-hmm. and we knew we wanted to go to an 8 or an 8.25. Yep. And then we went to Outbound that uh, we saw Colleen Francis there, and we brought Colleen in for a year, and she brought some great stuff, and we've moved to that 8.25 That's great. range. And so it's all about how do we get better. Um, we have uh, RSMs that are, they act like owners of the business, and they go out and they find applications, and um, they're hunters. Mm-hmm. So 
that's that's great. And each any company can do this. That's yeah. the thing is yeah. this isn't you know there's no um, secret ingredient. There's no secret yeah. ingredient. It's just a driven desire to want to be the best. Mm-hmm. No, oh, great. Well, Phil, is there, is there anything else you wanted to talk about today or anything? No, I really appreciate the format. I think yeah. ProMass, man, what an <laughs> I know the president, uh, Glenn Nosley, is an awesome leader, and he has an awesome team. Um, you know, ProMass is a company that always looks is, – is uh, kindred souls to mm-hmm. Orbit Farm. And, and in fact, uh, many, many years ago, we looked to be like ProMess. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I yeah. don't know how much more adulation I can give than that. No, no, I appreciate it. Uh, and I can tell you um, our from our first time meeting today, really, and and from what Glenn has said about um, about Orbit Farm, it's a mutual mutual respect. And, and yeah. Uh, well, uh, Phil, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I, I appreciate it. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to put, um, uh, for those listening, uh, the books, uh, a website for Reform, um, and I'm sure you can even get Phil's contact information from that site, but that'll all be in the notes. Uh, thank you for listening to Manufacturing Unscripted. Until next time. This podcast was brought to you by Promise Incorporated, hosted by Matthew Rawl, produced by myself, Lauren Rawl, mixed and edited by Ben Parsons. Please make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at podcast at promiseinc.com. Mm-hmm.